Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. We have many that set up church government today and put bishops over every uh, other calling in God, being apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, calling the bishop uh, the top leading office. Now, in the apostolic succession, uh, they were called bishops, but in the Word of God, they were always set up, not one ruler or one governor or one pastor over a church. There were several elders that were ordained over each of the local church body. And in the local churches have their own governing ministers, pastors, elders, deacons that governed in that local church. There was not a central headquarters. Someone said, well, James at Jerusalem, when they had the, the circumcision, they came into question whether or not the Gentiles had to be circumcised to be saved, that they at Antioch had to send to Jerusalem to find out the matter whether it was essential or not. Of course, under the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, circumcision availeth nothing. But there we had Peter taking the pulpit, then Paul, and then James the pastor gave his summation of the matter, along with the church giving a hearty amen. Then some think that, well, the governing body there over all the other churches was Jerusalem, which is not the case. The reason being is that each local church body governs its own people and takes care of its own financial situation. Now, of course, there's distribution to the poor saints there as a matter of giving and receiving. But the local church is not, the local body, is not dependent upon a central headquarters. Each governing body and the local church were to have ordained elders. And these bishops, which was simply an elder, was a shepherd to feed the flock. But we have turned away from that. And instead of having just several overseers of the church, we put a singular pastor. And the pastor has all authority, even over the apostle or prophet. And God said first in the church, apostles, secondarily prophets. Let's read what the word of God says in church government. In 1 Corinthians 12, Paul talks about the body being there fitly framed together and God being no respecter of persons. And he goes on and says whether one member suffered, all the members suffer with it. Because their one member is honored, all the other members rejoice with it. For you are the body of Christ and members in particular. That's the reason it's so important for the body of Christ to come together in the unity of the faith. They're coming in, speaking the same things, being of one mind and one accord. And God has set some in the church, 
notice this is the order that God sets in the church for our perfection, perfecting of the body of Christ unto full maturity. It's not bishops. Notice that God has set some in the church. First, apostles. Secondarily, prophets. Thirdly, teachers, which would be evangelists, pastors, and teachers. After that, miracles. Then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. Then he says that are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, have all the gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, but covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I you a more excellent way. Then he goes on about their abiding faith, open charity. The greatest of these is charity, which is a bond of perfectness, which is the quality of full-grown, perfect Christian reaching that status of charity. You get there by adding to your faith virtue, being honest with God, and then the virtue knowledge. My people purge for lack of knowledge. We know that. But we don't stop there because we're safe in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Second Peter 1 states it. Then we add to our knowledge uh, temperance. Those that strive for the mastery must be temperate or self-controlled in all things, not some things, all things, which is the full measure of faith, which is the substance of things so far, the evidence of things not seen. Then you add to your temperance patience. Well, tribulation worketh patience. Patience worketh experience. But patience is to have her perfect work. That after you've done the will of God, we have need of patience that we receive a full reward. Then from patience, godliness, the godlike. And that's a little G-O-D, L-I-N-E-S-S. What is that? Well, great is the mystery of godliness without controversy. And it states that in 1 Timothy 3.16. For God was manifest in the flesh, not God Jr., not a second person of the Godhead. So we have to return back to the one God, the Holy One of Israel, to set in order the church government to be blessed. Not a trinity, not a tunis, not a oneness doctrine of Christ, but the true doctrine of Christ who is one. And that when we do that, then we have godliness, the God life, realizing that that same Jesus that was in the days of his flesh has been glorified back that man, the second Adam, made a quickening spirit, 1 Corinthians 15, 45. And as he overcame through the eternal spirit, offering, offering himself through the eternal spirit of God, literally raising up his own body, by his spirit, as Jesus stated in John 2.19. Destroy this temple, and in three days I'll raise it up. No man can raise up his own body, except he be God. But now he has given us of his spirit. Jesus stated that. While he was in the world, 
He said, I will pray the Father to send you another comforter, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. We've missed that. That Jesus is that spirit. Not just a man at the right hand of the spirit of God, but the Lord Jesus is that spirit. Just as he stated in John 8, 24, except you believe that I am he, the father, which is that invisible spirit, you shall die in your sins. This is why that the apocalyptic book of the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him is to show us the servants of God, this revelation of Jesus. It's the book of this prophecy to reveal who he is, that he is that spirit of God. He is that father of glory, always has been the father and always will be the Lord Jehovah God almighty, the Lord himself, who is the Elohim El Shaddai. There's not another. The Lord is that spirit. Now there's one body, one spirit, one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God, who's above all, the Father of us all, and in us all. Christ is that Father that is in us. That's the reason that the Holy Ghost would not be given to us until Jesus is glorified. Back to where he was before. He stated that before Pilate. What and if you shall see the Son of Man ascend back up to heaven where he was before. That's the reason why that in the days of his flesh, Jesus prayed to the Father on our behalf as our kinsman redeemer. But to do that, he had to make himself of no reputation. He had to humble himself. It is revealed to us in Philippians 2, 5 through 8. Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, not made equal, but to be equal because he is that spirit and all the attributes from, from the aloft to the top of the A to the Z. And dot being that spirit, that spirit of God, made himself, not themselves, but himself of no reputation. That one spirit of God put a self-imposed limitation upon himself. It's the kenosis made himself of no reputation, not some, no reputation. Why? Because a man lost it, only a man can redeem us back. Adam lost it. So Jesus had to come back as a man in under the law, made of a woman, as our kinsman redeemer, in order to redeem us that were under the law. Galatians 4 verse 4 tells us how God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made it under the law. Therefore, in the days of his flesh, Jesus is speaking as a man, just like us, our kinsman redeemer, in under that law, and not a separate person of the Godhead. He's the express image of his person. Hebrews 1, verse 3 and 4. There's only one person of God, not three. 
And God will reveal this through his judgments in the last days to those that have an ear to hear. Those that receive it will have the salvation of their souls. Those that do not will understand what Jesus meant in a John 8, 24. That if you do not believe that he is the Father, not just have the Father in him, but he is the Father, you shall die in your sins. He is that blessed and only Almighty God, the omnipotent potentate, the Almighty. We see that in 1 Timothy 6.15. But somehow we believe that Jehovah has a Jehovah Junior, a God Junior. There is no God Junior. There is no Spirit Junior. Emmanuel is God with us, not the Son of God with us. God was manifest in the flesh. And that God is now in us. Christ is that God. Christ is that Spirit. Christ is that Father, which is now in us, the body of Christ. Christ in you, the hope of glory, is the mystery of godliness. We see that that doctrine of Christ is what is being restored to the body of Christ now, the church, to those that have an ear to hear. Why? Because it's very timely, because before the Lord comes, uh, he's going to reveal himself. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. Who is he? Revelation 1.8, he states who he is. He's the Alpha and Omega. That is, in the Hebrew, the Aleph through the Tav. In English, he's the A and the Z. He's all the attributes of God from A to Z. From the Aleph through the Tav, through the Alpha to the Omega. It states that in Revelation 1.8. He's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, which is, was, and is to come. That's God Almighty. And he states it. The Almighty. That's who Jesus is. But we've lost that revelation. We have hewed out these cisterns that can hold no water. They're broken cisterns at the well. The wells of the water of salvation. And now, the Lord is using judgment to get us to return back to Him. And it will become greater with intensity as we see the coming of the Lord drawing nigh. It'll be more intensity, and more often that God will reveal these judgments because all God's ways are perfect. All God's ways are judgment. And when judgments are in the earth, men will learn who Jesus is. They will learn righteousness. The newborn babes are unskillful in the word of righteousness. They don't know that we are to grow up into Jesus in all truth, it requires a growth process. And that is through the word of God. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. The revelation of Jesus Christ is that there is only one God. Christ is that God. But he's every office of the Spirit. Because there's only one Spirit of God, but revealed in many different functions are the revelation of Jesus is that he is the Christ. Christ is every function and office of the Spirit. Christ is the Father. Christ is the Son. 
there's still only one spirit. Somebody said, well, how can that be? Well, the father sent his son, but how did he send him? Not spirit, senior, sending spirit, junior. God sent his word. The word is God. It's not a separate spirit from the father. We see that in 1 John 5, 7. There are three that bear record in heaven, the father, the word, and the Holy Ghost. It's not a trinity. It's one spirit that has three various functions. The Father's administrative office of the Spirit. The Son, there is not the Word. The Word is the invisible Spirit of God in the thought, plan, purpose, and will of God in the Logos. And the Spirit of God in power is the Holy Ghost. But when that Father is manifest in flesh, when that Word is made flesh, when that Holy Ghost takes on a body of flesh and blood. Now you have the Son of God. It is the Father. The Son of God is the Father revealed. It is the Word that was made flesh. You've seen me. He said, Jesus said, you've seen the Father, John 14. And he says, that Jesus states, if I with the finger of God, not the finger of the Son of God, but if I with the finger of God cast out devils, know ye the kingdom of God, the power of God has come nigh unto you. Jesus said, He man that believes on me does not believe on me, but believes on him that has sent me. Why? Because John 12, 44, Jesus is that spirit. He is the father of glory. You believe on Jesus, you believe on the Father. Because the words that he speaks, he states, are not mine. But the Father that dwelleth in me, he's the one doing the works. Healing the sick, cleansing the leper, raising the dead, casting out devils, opening blind eyes, loosing the dumb tongue, the lame walk and the captive going free. Jesus states, blessed is he, whomsoever is not offended in me, not in us, in me. The greatest commandment of all is in Mark 12, 29. The scribe came to Jesus and said, What the first commandment of all? What is the dominant commandment? The most important essential commandment of all. Jesus literally stated the Shema. He stated Deuteronomy 6, 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. But somehow we have hewn out a trinity in most Protestant religion. And that is where we've made the error. This happened in ecumenical councils and synods many centuries ago in 325 AD in the Council of Nicaea, stating that there is in the Godhead three persons, a God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. But notice in the Word of God, it never says God the Son. It's the Son of God. That which is uh, conceived in Mary is of the Holy Ghost. It never says God the Son. It's the Son of God, which is the Father revealed in a body of flesh. So therefore, we understand unto uh, us there's a child that is born, a son that is given and the government shall rest upon his shoulder, singular. 
Isaiah 9, 5. Who is he? The name reveals the essence of who he is. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Full of Wonders, capital W, used only of God himself. Counselor, another, capital C. The Mighty God, not the Mighty Son of God. He is the Mighty God of who? There is only one. Jesus is that Spirit. Who is he? The Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. Not the Everlasting Son that was with the Father, a Spirit Junior in heaven, begotten of the Father before the world was, is a lie. That is stated in the Chalcedonian definition of 451 A.D., a blatant lie that we, in this last day, believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, are told that this is the truth. It's a blatant lie. And in that Chalcedonian definition, the Council of Chalcedon, 451 A.D., it states that Jesus, the Son of God, according to his Godhead was begotten of the Father before the world was. In other words, there's a spirit junior somewhere. Well, God states there is no other spirit in heaven. He states that all through the word of God. Deuteronomy 32. He said, I am the only God. I know not any other God. Beside me, there is no other God. I know not any. Well, if there was another spirit in heaven, or the begotten son in heaven, well, he would say, my son is here with me. But he doesn't, because it's a blatant lie. He said, I alone am God. Though the last day work of God is sealed up among God's treasures in Deuteronomy 32. It's revealed to us in the revelation of Jesus Christ, the last book in your Bible. And he says, is this not sealed up among my treasures? Why? To be revealed in the last days. For the Lord will judge his people, repent himself of the evil, or tribulation, when he sees their power is gone. We'll come to the end of our flesh. We will crucify our flesh with the affections and the lust, mortifying the deeds of the flesh to do the will of God. And there's none shut up or left. What, it, what will it reveal? Now you will see that I am God, he says, alone. Beside me there is no other God. I know not any. Not another second person of the Godhead. Never has been. Never will be. You'll see that in Isaiah 43.10. Thus saith the Lord. That's a tetragrammaton. Jehovah. The Yodah-Waha. Yahweh. And my servant, whom I have chosen. Well, in our natural thinking, with our mind, we think that is definitely has to be two. Two different persons. But that's not what God said. Look at Isaiah, 50, Isaiah 43, 10. Thus saith the Lord, that's the invisible spirit of God, the Father of glory, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, the Elohim, and my servant, whom I have chosen. What does God say? That you may know and believe me and understand. Not these ecumenical councils that tell us there is another person in the Godhead 
There's a God Jr., a second person of the Godhead. No, that you may know and believe me and understand that God says, I am he, not another. Before me, there was no God formed, neither shall be after me. God formed himself a body of flesh and blood. Who is this servant? He said, now that you will know that, that God is our Redeemer, the Lord who is our Savior, the Holy One of Israel. God's restoring that faith to those that have an ear to hear. And the ones that do will go on and dig deep through the sands of man, world-made doctrines of Christ, and they will dig deep through all of this shifting sand and found a rock. And when they find that rock, after digging deep, diligently seeking the Lord their God, the Lord will make himself known to them. And these true believers will build their house upon that rock, the true Christ, the one God, the revelation of Christ and these are the apostles that are real, not false apostles. These are the prophets that are real, not false prophets. They are the ones that will declare this everlasting gospel to all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then the end will come. And this is through the work and judgments of God that will increase in intensity. And as we see the coming of the Lord, that they will be multiplied in the multiplicity of them in the earth today. Their frequency and intensity will become greater and greater as it is now. The ones that have an ear to hear will move for the saving of their soul. They'll come out of Babylon and touch not the unclean thing. She is that queen of heaven. She says, I said a queen, I am no widow. And I will see no sorrow, no birth pains. She thinks she's already got it. But God said in one hour, I will destroy her. Let's make sure that we're not in Babylon. There, you there that are hearing the word of God, the Holy Ghost bearing witness with your spirit, that this is the truth. We would like for you to contact us so we can work together. God is fitly framing his body together now. Then he'll compact it, seal it, through the measure of every part, making the edifying of ourselves, the, jo the joints, bone to bone, the joints coming together, which will be edifying of itself in love, of whichever joint supplies. And this is through the supply of the Spirit. God is doing it now. We pray for each one of you that are the listeners there, that God will perfect everything that is lacking in all and each one of us, that we all may be presented blameless at the coming of the Lord, both spirit, soul, and body. God not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. But there's only one God, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God who is above all, Father of us all, in us all. Let's turn to the real God. And those that are there and know that Jesus is the Father, we must go on to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ, knowing the work of the ministry in order to be sealed in that apocalyptic sealing of Revelation 7. We'd love to hear from you there. 
you would like to call, leave a message, I'll get back to you. We love to work with you. Our country code is plus one. 903-746-4885. Leave a number, your name, and I will call you back and look forward to meeting you. Or you can drop me an email at sealinggodspeople at dennisbeard.org. Well, again, we pray for everyone to be totally perfected, being presented blameless at Jesus' coming, both spirit, soul, and body. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold, the real Jesus.